All right, this is our uh, fan special episode. Uh, later in this episode, we're going to have a couple of you guys on, you know, discuss some sports and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're going to get it started with some NBA bubble talk. And uh, the surprise of the bubble, in my opinion, has been TJ Warren. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this guy's on the Indiana Pacers. Was traded to the Pacers from the Suns just so the Suns could clear up about a million dollars worth of cap space, which is not that much. And he's been averaging about 30 points per game in these bubble games. So what is your guys' take on this? Uh, you know, Bubble Warren's a different breed. Honestly, you see some players exceeding in the snow fans environment, uh, like they're playing at their hometown gyms. It's really interesting to me because, like, the question is, is it because they practice during quarantine or do they play better in this environment or is Warren just improving as a player? Uh, personally, I think that the no fans has kind of helped players like him and averaging 30 points in this bubble has proven that you know, he's he's better off playing in this style of game. So, I mean, yeah, he's been impressive. Yeah, so uh, my thing, um, TJ Warren uh, is 26 years old. Um, so I guess he still has some room to grow. But normally you see guys not become this late of a bloomer. Um, I've said this a lot about things, but I don't think this is sustainable. Um, TJ Warren averaging 30 points. Like, I've seen a couple of his highlights. <clears throat> it's really just three-pointers and then... He has some mid-range, but it's kind of just and ones, three-pointers. And I know you can get hot on threes. Um, like Jad was saying, uh, I think this is kind of just like a hometown gym type of environment. You know, some players are just like really good, you know, on their outdoor hoops because, you know, they have a nice feel for the basket. Um, it could be something like this for TJ Warren, but I really don't see him becoming like a, a viable threat and then his 2K overall becoming like a 95 or anything like that anytime soon. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, TJ Warren is the last guy that I expected to just absolutely blow up during quarantine. I mean, he's been playing really well, averaged 30 points, like you guys said. I I have to agree with you guys, though. I don't think this is going to be sustained during a normal NBA season. I think this is kind of a fluke. Not to put TJ Warren down or anything, I still think he's a tremendous, tremendously skilled athlete. I mean, he's in the NBA, so that kind of speaks for itself. But he went from being a relatively unknown guy and a lower scorer on the Pacers team to now the top scorer on the Pacers, which is pretty surprising. I hope he can keep up and the play. And they have all-star Victor Oladipo as yeah. well. He's a high outscoring him. So it's it's really it's, – it's a strange time in the bubble. And uh, TJ Warren has ex- exemplified that the most. Yeah, um, next up, some more recent news. One of the most popular players in the NBA, Damian Lillard. Who's known for um, his clutch shots, you know, going to give it to him. He's one of the most clutch performers. Uh, was let me, Let's give some context here. Against the Clippers, uh, the Trailblazers are fighting for an eight seed. Uh, they're down by two, I believe, or down by one. I, I forget. And he goes to the free throw line, and he ends up missing both free throws. And this guy's a 93% um, free throw shooter. The odds of something like that happening is like 0.49% where he misses both in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of just crazy. And then PG and, uh, Patrick Beverly start clowning on the bench saying, Dame time, Dame time. It was, it was Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris and Patrick Beverly. Uh, and then, um, they go at it on the Bleacher Report Instagram comment section. Um, Paul George, um, says, or one of them says Cancun three. I honestly don't know what that means, but, um, uh, <laughs> Uh, he's like, and then Damian Lillard claps back at Paul George saying, you keep switching teams, running from the smokes, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you guys think about all this chaoticness and uh, whose side are you on here? Uh, you know, I love Damian Lillard. He's one of my favorite players in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like he's getting a little too easily butthurt, though. I mean, 
I think you should let your game speak for yourself. PG was kind of annoying, uh, especially considering the fact that Lillard sent him home last year. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, P- uh, he kind of owns PG now. You know, they call him his daddy. But uh-huh. <laughs> So I-, I would love for Lillard to make the playoffs this year as well. I personally think he'd be the toughest matchup for my Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. So Lillard, hopefully, are, he was – I don't know – uh, who is in the wrong here? I mean, the Clippers are kind of annoying, but mm-hmm. the chances of, of Lillard missing those two free throws are so low, so the Clippers got lucky, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff, go on ahead. Oh, sure. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do like Damian Lillard. He's one of my more favorite players in the NBA. Uh, he's putting up the numbers, too, and I really feel like the Clippers clowning on him and criticizing him is really unwarranted. I mean, PG especially, he hit the game winner over PG in the series last year. I don't think PG should be talking. PG keeps saying, oh, it's a bad shot. It's a bad shot. I mean, it went in. Uh, you, you can say it's a low percentage shot, but it's not a bad shot because he shot it and it went in. But, uh, yeah, it was incredibly lucky of the Clippers to have Damian Lillard miss those t- two free throws. And Patrick Beverly, uh, let me get started on this guy. I hate Patrick Beverly. I think he's one of the most overrated players in the league. Everyone's like, "Oh, look at Patrick Beverly. He's such a uh, he's such a uh, uh, aggressive best defender. He's a uh, he's this best pound for pound defender in the NBA." No, he's not. He <laughs> he fouls and he doesn't really get called for it a lot of the time. He likes uh, hand checking a lot that I notice. Uh, uh-huh. In uh, in the Clippers matchup with the Lakers, I noticed he was hand checking LeBron all over the place and then like clapping like yeah. He actually uh, did I just want to oh throw in a bit here. Um, on Lonzo Ball's NBA debut against the Clippers, um, the man's just dribbling the ball up as a point guard, and Patrick mm-hmm. Beverly just runs up and, like, shoves him to the ground, trying yeah. to send, send a message saying, welcome to the NBA. Like, you do not represent the NBA at all. Yeah. You're not even, like, in the top 100 of the best mm-hmm. players. So yeah. this is ridiculous. Yeah, and Patrick Beverly saying, uh, Dame time, Dame time. It's like Patrick Beverly has never been one of the leading guys on the team. <laughs> this guy has been, like, literally riding the bench, like, his entire entire like short-lived career i don't think he should be talking at all literally no one wants him on their team he's just there and he's annoying he's like a he's like a fly yeah uh i i agree here so my thing is um damian lillard this is not something you see very often with damian lillard so i follow damian lillard on instagram and a throwback um to last year's playoffs when him and Russell Westbrook kind of had their beef in that series Uh, mm -hmm. um damian lillard only posted once on his instagram story saying how the silent warrior wins or some like Chinese like art of war book or something like that. Um, and I've Damian Lillard has been posting like 15 reposts of all of his quotes that people are reposting at least 15 a day. Um, not something you see very often. So I think he's kind of just blowing this out of proportion, mm-hmm. but I'm, a, I'm completely agreeing here. They get so lucky. Damian Lillard misses both. Uh, Cause they're so used to him uh, making those clutch shots, you know, probably has some of the most popular buzzer beaters in recent memory. And my issue here is the two people that are clowning him are Markeith Morris <laughs> and Patrick Beverly, whose points per game combined is what Damian Lillard scores in one quarter. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, Damian Lillard's been absolutely going ham. Uh, like Jad said, I think they are the best, the biggest threat to the Lakers at the eight seed. But uh, Paul George, um, switching teams, running from the smoke. I mean, I get he's okay. He signs. This isn't really his thing. He requests a trade out of Indiana, mm-hmm. which I guess, you know, he's got to be able to win somewhere. Indiana clearly wasn't the deal. 
But then he gets traded from the Thunder, and he didn't really say he wanted out of the Thunder. So him, like, running around, switching teams like a Kevin Durant is not something I'm really uh, seeing here. But Damian Lillard thinks what he wants. I mean, the man's uh, NBA all-star. So that's what I got to say about that. All uh, right. So Go ahead, Jet. Uh, anyways, so moving on. Uh, uh, speaking of bubble talk, the Phoenix Suns have been red hot, the best team in the NBA bubble. Uh, what do you guys think of that? And do you think they have a legitimate chance at the playoffs? I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think the Suns have a legitimate chance. Uh, Devin Booker, I mean, props to him. He is just absolutely balling out. But he is the only reason the Suns are succeeding right now. They're not a deep enough team to where they can keep uh, succeeding on a level like this. I mean, the bubble has been different for all kinds of teams. Uh, I mean, like we said, TJ Warren just absolutely blowing up. But I, I I don't think the Suns are going to be able to sustain their winning streak for very long, and I don't see them making the playoffs. I'm actually going to take a bit of a flip side approach. I think the Suns have the second best odds here um, other than the Blazers. A uh, common theme you're noticing, they got to have like a guard that could just go score 45 points, and Devin Booker is that guy. I mean, the Spurs, they're kind of too old. They don't really have that alpha. Like DeMar DeRozan, he's getting up there. Then the young guys, DeJounte Murray, Derek White, haven't really – Showing themselves to be that type of guy. Yeah. Um, the Suns actually have a, some pretty solid role players. DeAndre Ayton, you mm-hmm. know, former number one overall pick. He's like a 20 and 10 guy. He hit his first career three as well in the bubble. So, you know, he's <laughs> progressing. Uh, Cameron Johnson's a great spot of three-point shooter, uh, rookie mm-hmm. this year. They've got some guys, but I don't think they're quite ready yet to complete with the Blazers at the eight seed. You know, uh, the Phoenix Suns, they're red hot. They just improved to 7-0. Uh, actually, a few minutes ago, being the 76ers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a shame if they don't get in the playing tournament because they've definitely been the best team uh, so far since the restart. Mm-hmm. They did everything they could at this point, but I think it's too little too late. I mean, they have a solid team, a bright future ahead of them, but I just think it's too tough for them to make the playoffs. They only have one game remaining, you know, and they need to rely on losses from other teams. So it's out of their control, but this did show some promise for the future. Speaking yeah. of the 76ers, Ben Simmons on the 76ers rumored to go to the Cavs. What do you guys think about that? Um, uh, I think this go is a good, good idea. Um, Simmons and Embiid, I think they can work it out. You know, I'm a firm believer in player progression in the NBA. I think Ben Simmons can at some point develop a three-point shot. Mm-hmm. But the question is, you know, is that going to be a time anytime now, you know, five years from now? But the Cavs do have lots of enticing guards. Because, you know, the big deal is, you know, Ben Simmons is basically a 6'10 point guard that just posts up and gets rebounds, yeah, uh, gets assists. And the Cavs have Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, both great guards who average like 20 and 5 for the Sun or for the Cavs. Um, that would definitely be something the 76ers are interested in. Um, however, I do think Ben Simmons is the best out of those three players. But there also are rumors of um, throwing in some picks. I think mm-hmm. Ben Simmons going to the Cavs would be something that's pretty interesting, although they would lose their assets and he'd mm-hmm. kind of just be stuck with old vets like Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson. Although mm-hmm. he could, you know, be that foundation for their franchise so they could draft someone, but they're losing their picks. So mm-hmm. it kind of really goes both ways here, but I could definitely see a trade like this happening. Uh, I personally think it would be stupid for the Cavs to trade for Simmons. Mm-hmm. I trust the process and continue the rebuild. You don't want to waste your... Uh, future picks for Simmons, who, mm-hmm. in my opinion, you know, can't really carry a team by himself. You need to get yeah. another player in there for that to work. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it would be interesting to see if that does go through, uh, how Simmons would do being the only superstar player. 
But mm-hmm. if I was the Cavs, I wouldn't do it. I'd, I'd trust the process like mm-hmm. the Sixers did mm-hmm. into getting Simmons uh, and drafting your own superstar player. Uh, so I really don't think that Simmons should be going to the Cavs. I mean, if we think about it from his perspective, he's losing all the weapons he has in Philadelphia and going to a team like the Cavs. Uh, for me, Philadelphia is just a little bit sparse uh, when you're talking guard-wise. I mean, you do have – Ben Simmons running the one, but other than that, you have a plethora of guys like you got Josh Richardson, JJ Reddick. Yeah, I mean, sorry, JJ Reddick got traded. Actually, on the Pelicans. Yeah, I forgot about that. Sorry, Uh, but you just got a lot of like Tobias Harris, who sometimes plays small forward. Ben Simmons is a very he's a he's a very strange player. I mean, we've never really seen a player that's six ten can't shoot the three, but plays point guard and can dish the rock so well like Ben Simmons can. I just don't think Ben Simmons can be the number one guy on his own team, like Jad stated. Uh, I, I, I don't know how the process is going to go for Ben Simmons. I think he needs the ball in his hand to create opportunities. Uh, I don't think he can just play power forward and try to create uh, points in the paint because I don't think he's – I don't want to say he's not physical enough, but I, I feel like his game is to the point where he can't just change his entire thing around. But I think if he can develop like a somewhat solid three-point shot, he can be a – good player. I feel like Philadelphia is the best fit for him right now, but Philadelphia needs to pull some drastic moves to kind of get some new uh, guards for the team. Yeah, another thing too, um, Ben Simmons already has a contract extension locked in place with the 76ers, and mm-hmm. it's one of the mega max deals. It's like five years, $35 million or something like that. So the 76ers are committed to him in the future. Although the Cavs, you know, think they have an enticing package, which I do believe, I don't think the 76ers are going to give up on Ben quite yet. Mm-hmm. All right, we are now joined by uh, another special guest uh, for this episode in our fan special, Matt Elo. Talk some uh, NFL 100 and some Seahawks versus Niners. Matt, thank you for uh, joining us today. No problem having me on. Thanks for coming. Yeah, so uh, the NFL 100 list by the players has just recently been published. You know, it received a lot of backlash, you know, lots of... Uh, <laughs> Weird things going on with this list. So what is your guys' uh, reactions? Uh, all right. So, I mean, I got a few problems with this, to say the least. <laughs> so, first of all, Keenan Allen's at 77. When they have Larry Fitzgerald at 69, Tyler Lockett <laughs> at 65, and Jarvis Landry at 61, those three receivers are not even close to Keenan Allen, like not yeah. even on the, his level. And, I mean, there was at least, I believe, 10 receivers over Allen. I think he's a top 10 receiver, mm-hmm. arguably like top seven. And mm-hmm. that's just ridiculous. I got to, uh, Todd Gurley at 51 is way too high, in my opinion. He's yep. washed yep. at this point. I I mean, the arthritis in his knee is really killing him. Uh, Brady at 14. I mean, I'm not saying he's terrible. He should still be, like, top 40. But 14 yeah. is too high for him. He's 43 years old. He's not going to perform how yeah. he's been doing these past years. Michael Thomas is a top five player. And he's the best receiver over Hopkins and Julio. I personally think that's ridiculous. If he didn't yeah. have Drew Brees as his quarterback, he wouldn't be that high. And then the the number one problem is Patrick Mahomes at fourth. I mean, he was fourth last year. Since then, he carried his team to a championship, and you don't, he's not even uh, he's not even number one. I'd be a little less angry if they put Russell Wilson at one. But mm-hmm. if you're gonna give that to Lamar, mm-hmm. I think you're crazy. I mean, according to this list, people would rather have Lamar than Mahomes. That's crazy mm-hmm. talk, in my opinion. And those are. Only a few of the problems, but I didn't. Sh- I didn't want to just talk about every single player. So yes, Matt, what do you think? Uh, you want to go ahead, here, Matt? Uh, okay. First of all, Chris Carson at ninety six. Um, 
No. Um, Todd Gurley's at number 51. He's our greatest. He's never going to be good again. Mark Ingram is from like 44. He just gets carried by. Yeah. yeah. That's one of my, my issues as well. And Kamara's at 42. Like, I had him on fantasy. He didn't get nothing for me. Mm-hmm. Great prediction I made. Nailed my Christian McCaffrey over Alvin Kamara draft pick this year, actually. Oh, God. Uh, Darren Waller. Not, no, that's way too low. <laughs> yeah. Fast, Murray, fast. also number 90, way too low. Super underrated. Mm-hmm. As much as it pains <laughs> me to say this, I do think Russell Wilson is too high. I I think Mahomes should be over him, but <clears throat> yeah. And then, do you think uh, Wilson should be higher than Lamar Jackson? No, I do not. <laughs> okay. Not. Yeah. So uh, for me, you know, this is one of the worst lists I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> I was talking to Vibu about this, and then he's like, "Why are you cloning on the list? Do you think you know more than the players?" I mean, I guess I do know more than the players. I guess I do. So um, a couple of my things, you know, obviously Lamar and Wilson just aren't better than Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A common trend that I noticed here is they go with the flashy skill position yeah. or like historically mm-hmm. significant guys, you know, like a Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, being 69 is kind of ridiculous. But Drew Brees at 12 is way too high. Rodgers, not even a top five quarterback anymore at 16 is way too high. And then the Niners' rankings are so inflated, it is not even funny. Uh, yeah. Bosa at 17 is way too high. Richard Sherman, who can only play a purple zone in cover three <laughs> yeah. nowadays at 28, yeah. is way too high. That's fine. Um, Quentin Nelson, the best offensive lineman in the entire game, who I yeah. think is a top 10 player at 29, is way too low. Again, Lyman, you know, not a skill position, not going to get that respect. And then arguably the worst ranking on this list is, unfortunately for United fans, going to be Jimmy Garoppolo at 43, yeah, which is just ridiculous. absolutely insane. I mean, the Niners, I don't know what happened here if they get high of a ranking because they got all these wins. But then you have Mahomes being ranked fourth after winning the Super Bowl. I just don't really know. Garoppolo. If I'm making a list, it's probably going to be in the 90s or not even on the list at all. He's not a top 10 quarterback in the game. And then Mark Ingram, who's a system running back, just runs five yards every single time off of read options with Lamar Jackson. Th- <laughs> yeah. This list is just really bad, filled with tons of issues. Um, Yeah, honestly, I think you guys kind of nailed most of the points that I was going to cover. Uh, this list is terrible. Uh, like Matt said, Darren Waller, way too low. Had to had to give some respect to the Raiders player because of Jad. Then... Uh, Richard Sherman, the former Seahawk, he, he's 28. Are you serious? Like, right behind Jamal Adams? Are you are you exactly. actually serious? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, Richard Sherman, no. That, that's just not true at all. Then you've got uh, Lamar and Wilson over Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry. I'm a big Seahawks fan, but that's just not true at all. Uh, I mean, it w- our top five was kind of similar uh, to what we had predicted earlier on the podcast. Yeah. But the less- rest of the list is just an absolute joke. Uh, I can't believe the players actually voted this. Like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually have a question for you. You know, big Josh Jacobs fan. What do you think about his 78 ranking? You know, being a rookie, it's hard to get a high rating on this type of list. But uh, uh, what do you think about his rating? It, it was 72, but... Um, 72. I, mean, I think it was... I, I think he should be a little higher, but I don't have too much problem with it. But the one problem mm-hmm. I do have is Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara were over him. Yeah. I think at this point, Jacobs is better than both of those guys. But, mm-hmm. I mean, in, in retrospect to the, to the list, I, I think it's a decent place for him. Okay, okay. okay. So, uh, we're going to move on here. You know, um, our show is uh, primarily dominated by Niners fans, and Matt is a Seahawks fan. So, we are going to be uh, <laughs> discussing, you know, Seahawks, Niners, who's going to have the better season. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so what do you think here? You know, you think the Niners or Seahawks are going to win the NFC West? Is he... Um, I do think the Seahawks will win. Um, you know, they just got Jamal. They're, they're, he's going to be the new Cam Chancellor. Um, get that, uh-huh. get that Hopefully, yeah. Fill that role. Yeah. And then, you know, the Niners, they're just going to run the ball like in Madden. So, he's going to stop the run and Jimmy G will just shank his throws and we'll be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I agree here. I mean, the Niners do have a roster, a uh, better roster up and down. But, uh-huh. I mean, it, it's a quarterback's league. I mean, I guess for the Niners, it's not really a quarterback's league. It's like a running back and lineman league for the Niners. <laughs> but um, Russell Wilson is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, like Matt said, if you're able to stop the run, with, um, you know, your new addition, Jamal Adams, one of the best safeties and one of the best run-stopping safeties. Put the ball in uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's chances. I like your chances in a head-to-head game. Um, and then the Hawks, um, you know, you take out uh, Jamal Adams with, uh, I think you can put George Kittle in solitary confinement. Yeah. Uh, George Kittle is kind of that guy that um, is a spark for the Niners offense, you know, gets those pancakes blocks, mm-hmm. uh, big plays, breaks tackles. I think Jamal Adams can help limit the passing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, they do on the run game this year. You know, I don't know how many years you're just going to be able to run the ball up and down people's throats without them yeah. finally catching on. But I do have the Seahawks um, winning the NFC West with Russell Wilson making a big run at the MVP. You know, me mm-hmm. and Jad have discussed this before. You know, DK Metcalf's going to take a yeah. big step this year yeah. mm-hmm. and put Russell Wilson into the MVP contention. Uh, so, yeah, I also think the Seahawks are going to win the NFC West. I mean, no disrespect to the Niners. They're still going to be a playoff team. I already mm-hmm. predicted the Seahawks to go 14-2. They add Jamal Adams with a favorable schedule. DK is going to be that number one guy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you have the best linebacker in the league with Bobby Wagner. Then you add the best yep. safety with Jamal Adams. That's going to be a dangerous defense. Maybe it brings you back to the Legion of Boom days. But mm-hmm. um, I think they're going to be the team to try to beat in the NFC. Uh, yeah, honestly, as a Seahawks fan, I, I think the future is a little bit brighter uh, with the addition of Jamal Adams. I think that everyone's saying how the uh, the 49ers run offense is really, uh, it's tried and true, but I, I think that it's definitely going to, uh, it's not going to be as effective this year as the defenses are adapting to the Niners run game. However, I, I broke it down into a couple of categories, uh, just like some kind of vague categories, but uh, mm-hmm. st- starting out with just overall defense, I mean, no question 49ers. Uh, for The Seahawks did add some new uh, good pieces, but I, I don't think they can even compete with the 49ers defense. Then running offense, of course, the 49ers, that is their system. It's tried and true. But then you go to passing offense, I'll go with the Seahawks. And with a steady coach like uh, Pete Carroll at the helm, I think that Seahawks take the coaching advantage as well. I actually agree with that as well. You know, that could be a bit of a – hot take because, you know, oh, uh, Kyle Shanahan, offensive genius. Yeah. I, don't I just know, don't think that Kyle Shanahan's that. proved himself enough to, to yeah. really be close to Pete Carroll right now. And then if you just look at head-to-head all time, Seahawks take it 26-17. to 17. Uh, I, I feel like the Seahawks, honestly, they have a good chance of winning the division this year, and I hope they make a run for the Super Bowl. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Seahawks can do. You know, Russell Wilson is going to have to start winning some more rings, you know, to try to push him into some – uh higher rankings in the all-time quarterback discussion. But uh, that's pretty much going to wrap up our uh, session with Matt Elo here. You know, thanks again for joining us. Uh, yeah, we'll reach out to you, you know, if you're ever interested in joining again. So uh, thank you for joining us.
Thank you. All right, see you guys. All right, hello everybody. We have a special guest today, Jacob Kavergi. He's going to be uh, joining us for some Milwaukee Bucks discussion. Jacob, thank you for uh, joining our podcast today. Yo, uh, thank y'all for inviting me. It's a huge honor, you know. <laughs> no problem. Right. Happy to have you. Yeah, so Giannis, you know, you're a big Bucks fan. Uh, MVP race is going to be coming to an end here. It's really between Giannis and LeBron. So what do you think? You think Giannis is going to secure the MVP this season? Um, honestly, I don't think that's, that's, that's not even a question. He's, I mean, his numbers are blowing up. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like if anything, it's not LeBron. That's the competition. I think it's AD, mm-hmm. man. AD. Okay. 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 Interesting. Bold take. Yeah. I, for me, um, I actually got LeBron winning this award. I am a Laker mm-hmm. fan, but, uh, my argument here is they're both the one seeds in the East and the West. It's tougher to get the one seed in the West. That's all that LeBron's doing. Um, LeBron brings more value to the Lakers system. He has mm-hmm. to carry the burden scoring wise and playmaking wise. I know LeBron or I know Giannis doesn't really have a Anthony Davis type of guy, but mm-hmm. he does have an All Star teammate in Chris Middleton as well. Uh, Giannis only shoots four percent more from the field, even though LeBron shoots exponentially exponentially more three pointers. Uh-huh. So I really could see this going either way. Um, I think Giannis is going to get it just because the media has it out for LeBron every year. They have expectations for it. <laughs> yeah, that's 100%. He should be in the contention every single year. Um, LeBron should yeah. win this award, but if I had to bet money on it, I think Giannis is going to get it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you go ahead, Drew. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, honestly, I'm, I'm with Dylan here. I think LeBron's got the award uh, this year just because, I mean, Giannis did get it uh, the last year, so I feel like the NBA is looking to kind of switch it up. I mean, Giannis, of course, he's putting up the numbers. Uh, he's a crazy player in the East, uh, and he's definitely one of the best players in the NBA. Uh, he's got a great future, but I just think that LeBron James has a bit more value to his team than Giannis Antetokounmpo, just because I think that LeBron has a bit more weapons. True, LeBron does have a lot of uh, does have a higher caliber of teammates to help him carry the load where. Giannis doesn't exactly have the same type of support that LeBron has. But I feel like just this season, uh, especially if they do end up winning the championship, I know that they're not basing it on that. But I think that LeBron's got this year in the bag. Um, I completely agree with Dylan here. I think LeBron should win it, but Giannis will. Mm-hmm. Because just like Dylan said, LeBron could easily have more MVPs than he has mm-hmm. uh, in, his, in history because they, they already expect him. They expect him to outplay everyone and. His expectations yeah. way mm-hmm. higher. The bar is higher. Uh, and I think if the season didn't come to an end, I think LeBron would have actually would win it mm-hmm. because uh, he had the momentum. They just beat the Bucks like a week before That's the true. season. That's true. That's true. And so, but, so they're basing it off of uh, March 11th when mm-hmm. the season ended. So I think Giannis will win it. I mean, his numbers are a little better, but LeBron carries his team more in my opinion. Okay, uh, we are heading into the uh, NBA playoffs. You know, probably like seven, eight more games left in the seeding in the NBA bubble. Uh, the Bucks, according to ESPN, have a 53% chance of winning the finals. Mm. Um, Jacob, what do you think about the Bucks' uh, chances to win the title this year? Um, I don't really like my odds this year. I mean, the okay. Bucks, you know, Giannis, he only has pretty much Chris Middleton, Brooke Jennifer Lopez, you know. I'm not <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Brooke Lopez and the Robin Lopez, but he yeah, has his brother. When uh, Brooke was on the Lakers, I was not the biggest fan of him either. <laughs> yeah, but I have a feeling that, you know, 
No, uh, he can't compete with uh, AD and the Lakers, Danny Green. You got Jared Dudley, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I pretty much agree here. But uh, I've got a bit of a bold prediction. Uh, you guys will see this. Uh, I don't think the Bucks are going to make it to the finals. Um, it is going to hmm, depend okay. on what the seating is going to look like. But I think if they run into the Boston Celtics or the Miami Heat, I think both of those teams are going to take them, take the Bucks out. Oh, uh, okay. The Celtics have three high-caliber perimeter scorers, Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, all averaging over 17, 18 points per game. Uh, Tatum and Kemba Walker are both proven playoff closers. Mm-hmm. You know, when the Bucks, you know, tie game 10 seconds left, are they really going to get the ball to Giannis? Like, he's just going to try to drive by everybody. Like, uh-huh. Chris Middleton's kind of a spot-up shooter. Um, it's just tough to see, like, how they're going to get those buckets in the clutch. And then mm-hmm. the Heat is a team that can match the Bucks' three-point shooting. Um, they've got numerous guys that could just explode. Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn. Then Bam Adebayo, great all-around center, who I think can bang with Giannis pretty good in the post, mm-hmm. um, down underneath mm-hmm. the basket. Butler's a closer. Um, so Duncan Robinson comes off the bench, you know, 45% three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. So those are two teams I think that could take down the Bucks and prevent them from winning the finals. Um, I personally, I agree with Jacob. I think that the Bucks are definitely going to go to the, the finals this year. Uh, I don't think that anyone in the East has a real chance of stopping Giannis. I mean, he's a real physical specimen. Uh, but when it comes down to it, the Bucks just don't aren't simply deep enough to really – to mm-hmm. get that title win. I mean, with the Lakers, honestly, one of the deepest teams in the league, uh, you got key bench players like Alex Caruso. Uh, yep. You got Dion Waiters, <laughs> yeah. who they just signed. Uh, Waiters is actually oh, playing very well in our Yeah, in that Clippers, Clippers game, he played yesterday. very well. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I did doubt him when we had our last podcast episode, but hopefully he can <laughs> prove me wrong. Uh, and then, of course, the star-studded pair of LeBron and AD. So I just feel like the Bucks will be overmatched when it comes finals time, but I can definitely see them pushing and uh, getting that spot in the the title round. Okay, so I also think the Bucks will make the finals, but I previously said that the Lakers would win in seven, mm-hmm. but now I have them winning in five. I just I don't see them as a oh. match. I think the Lakers no matchup. I think the Lakers are going to crush them. I mean, okay. AD and LeBron. What did you are gonna see be too to, to give those Lakers those extra two games? I mean, I just look at the Bucks team and the Lakers team, and I honestly just don't see a comparison. Uh-huh. I mean, it's only it's really only LeBron versus Giannis, but then AD's the sidekick while you have Middleton, and AD is just, is much better. Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. they signed Henny Smith, who yeah. you know he was pretty clutch <laughs> yeah. in those finals yeah. uh, against Warriors and Cavs. Mm-hmm. So I just I see the Lakers as a much better team. Yeah, I agree with Drew. You know, they're just too deep. They're, they're too deep. Their lineup's just uh-huh. too deep. Uh, Adon- I like Dante Divincenzo, Villanova. He, he's a pretty good. <laughs> yeah. He's a pretty good bench player, but. Yeah, Eric Bledsoe's never really done anything in his career. Yeah. Brooke Lopez yeah. is like a three-point contest mid-game. Ilyasova. Ilyasova. <laughs> yeah, Giannis' brother. Giannis' <laughs> brother. Uh, the role players aren't the best in Milwaukee, so this is becomes another question. You know, Gian- Giannis is already on a historic track for his young career. Um, uh-huh. He could definitely go down as one of the all-time greats. So do you think uh, Giannis will leave the Bucks to try and go win a title if the Bucks don't get it done this year in the playoffs? Honestly, I can see him going to the Warriors, doing like mm-hmm. a little trade thing, you know. Obviously, uh, <laughs> the Warriors are going to try to keep Klay Thompson. He's a very valuable perimeter mm-hmm. shooter. You know, I have a feeling they're going to trade Draymond and Andrew Wiggins and a couple of first-round picks. 
to get mm-hmm. to acquire Giannis. I think that's the best bet for the Warriors to, you know, hop back up to the number one seed, maybe bang with the Lakers and Clippers and, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't really see Giannis leaving in like a free agency situation. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems to kind of like Milwaukee, you know, fits into their system very well. Obviously, you know, he is the system. But <laughs> yeah. I don't, uh, if he goes to Golden State, um, this would probably be the most ideal place Giannis could go to. Uh, you know, they sub him in for that spot. You're basically swapping Clay Thompson for Chris Middleton, and then you're adding Stephen Curry, mm-hmm. um, and then Steve Kerr's coaching and all of that. But I just don't see Giannis, like, taking that step, becoming the next uh, Kevin Durant. He'd probably become the most hated player in the NBA if he left to go to Golden State. Yeah. But a trade yeah. um, could be very plausible. You know, Wiggins and two first-round picks, if the Bucks get information that Giannis says he wants to leave, mm-hmm. I could definitely see them pulling the trigger on that trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be completely honest. I feel like if the Bucks don't win this final series, I feel like Giannis might be searching to get out of there. I just think that he's a very high caliber player, easily one of the best players in the league. And, uh, any team that's going to have a chance of having him is going to have to give up a lot in return. Uh, I, like Dylan said, I don't see this more as a free agent type of thing. I see this more like a trade. Uh, I think that Giannis is Definitely going to go on, want to go to a team that could uh, suit his strengths a little bit more. I think that, mm-hmm. uh, like I said before, I, I don't think the Bucks are deep enough to really uh, be a championship team. Uh, I think he'll definitely want to go to a team. I mean, the favorite right now is Golden State, uh, a team that I can definitely understand why Giannis would want to go to. But uh, I, I'm not really sure where he'll go. Uh, I do think that he'll depart, but uh, locations are uh, not – unbeknownst to me another Um, i could kind of see him uh let me just jump in uh going to like the nuggets i mean the nuggets and the the bucks they got i don't think they want another big man they have similar systems um they kind of run it through Jokic, run it through Giannis. great shooters um jamal murray is a great player they're probably gonna have to you know give Jokic and some picks for Giannis. i mean i think Giannis could kind of thrive in you know that denver system I, I don't think that. so. I, I think, think that'll be a. I feel like that'll be kind. I don't think either team is going to win the trade then because Giannis is going to a forward slash big man dominated team with the Nuggets, and Jokic is going to a, uh, another kind of forward slash big man dominated team. And I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think Jokic is looking to leave the Nuggets. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh the yeah, they ex- got Bull Bull now. I yeah, the new like explosion the bowl with Bull Bull. I think they're pretty yeah. satisfied with their weapons right now. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think if Giannis went to the Nuggets, that paint would just be way too crowded for him to just drive in and splash. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So for he, sure, for I don't sure. think he won't be scoring as many points as he is right now. Of course, yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, so I think uh, Giannis seems happy where he is right now, but if they're going to continue to fail to get it done, I mean, this guy mm-hmm. is about to win back-to-back MVPs. If you're not going to make it deep in the playoffs with a real chance to win, mm-hmm. I, could, I could see them trading Giannis for future assets. I mean... Because if you're not going to be able to get it done with this guy, I'm not sure who you are going to be able to get it done with. You might have to change the whole I think, system. I, don't, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dump him just yet if they lose it. I mean, they kind of they need like a, a, a an elite second caliber option. I mean, Chris Middleton, yeah, he made the All Star mm-hmm. team, but he's mm-hmm. really just like a three and D guy. He's yeah. great at that. But they need someone that can carry the load. Someone like a a secondary playmaker that's kind of mm-hmm. easy to get. You know, I'd kind of look at like a. Jamal Murray, or just uh-huh. one of those type of guards <laughs> that could just come in there, play make for Giannis, so Giannis yeah. doesn't have to do everything. Because yes. you can't, you can't just blow up a one superstar team. Like 
You're not going to yeah. win with a one superstar team. You yeah. got to try to get in some other guys before you blow the whole thing up, in my opinion. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah, so, uh, Jacob, that's pretty much going to wrap up our Bucks talk. Um, it was great having you on the podcast. Uh, we will reach out, um, you know, if you are ever interested in joining again. So, But thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it, man. It was great right, having you. See you. All right, see you. Alrighty, our um, uh, third guest for this episode is going to be uh, Aiden Kane. We're going to discuss some 49ers. Uh, Aiden, thank you for uh, joining us on our episode. My pleasure. What is up? What is up? <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, the uh, Niners have had some uh, contract talks with George Kittle. Um, he's going to become one of the uh, premier tight end uh, in terms of uh, salary-wise. You know, obviously, he's probably the best tight end in the league. Uh, what do you think about George Kittle wanting this, like, big salary? Um, the NFL hasn't really seen a tight end get this big of a payday that George Kittle wants. So what do you think about that? I, I think he absolutely deserves it. I think, yeah, he's the best tight end of the league. He's a premier player. Mm-hmm. I, I've been hearing figures around, you know, 12 to, like, 14 million. I think that's totally acceptable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're getting a premier player in the league, like, on a similar level to a Mahomes or an Aaron Donald, you know, top 10 player. For, mm-hmm. for that much, it's, I think it's totally acceptable. Yeah. And uh, right now, he, he's probably one of the biggest deals in the NFL. He's getting paid $2.1 million this year. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Jad, what do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, you got to pay the man. He seems like he loves being a Niner. He always praises Jimmy Garoppolo. He's mm-hmm. always energetic about it. Best head in the league, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's Jimmy's number one target. I mean, your team gets drastically worse if he's not on it. So mm-hmm. I know it's a little expensive, but that's the cost when you have this good of a player. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's kind of like the glue guy to their offense, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with being the number one target and being a great run blocker. We know the Niners like to do that a lot. Yeah. So um, uh, I think if they're letting, uh, if they're not going to sign Kittle to this type of contract, mm-hmm. they're really losing, like, the foundation of their offense. So I really don't see the Niners... Mm-hmm. Um, being able to uh, afford to let him go. I think they're going to have to give him some money. Yeah, Kittle is definitely, in my opinion, the best tight end in the league. Uh, and he gets he deserves to get paid like he's the best tight end in the league. I mean, he's arguably one of, if not the best player on the 49ers. Uh, he's a top 10 player, like Aiden said. And uh, I think that if the 49ers do lose him, I think it'll be a devastating blow. But that's not going to happen. It shouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so um, another thing, too, you know, kind of the million-dollar question for the Niners fans. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that Jimmy Garoppolo is a franchise-level quarterback? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, all right. Let's look at the stats. So, this past okay. season in 2019, 69.1% completion, completion percentage, tied for uh, the fourth-best in the league. Three thousand nine hundred seventy-eight yards, twenty-seven touchdowns, tied for fifth in the league. Thirteen interceptions. Okay. <laughs> uh, eighth in the league in passer rating of one hundred two point zero. Tied for the second most game-winning drives, mm-hmm. and this is all in his first year as a starter. Mm-hmm. So, and twenty-one and five overall. And I don't know, the guy's a winner. You can't teach that. Um, That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he's definitely a top – anywhere between the top 8 to 12 quarterbacks in the league. I think he – I mean, yeah, you can judge him on based on different categories. But I, All right, Jad, what do you think, man? All right, so I, I completely agree with Aiden. 
He's a franchise quarterback. He's very overhated. 21 and 5 as a starter. Mm-hmm. You could say all you want, but it's hard to win that many games. Niners were 1 and 10 before he made his first start, and they mm-hmm. ended that season 6 and 10. Mm-hmm. He tears his ACL. The Niners are the second worst team in the league. The next season he comes back, they go to the Super Bowl. I don't know why he gets this much hate. I get it. He's not their whole team. He doesn't carry the team, mm-hmm. but he is a huge part of that team. And I mean, if as long as they continue to win games with him, he's a franchise quarterback. I'm going to take a bit of a different approach here. Um, Mm -hmm. In my opinion, Jimmy Garoppolo is not one of these guys, you know, that's going to transcend your franchise. I think he's kind of just a a guy you stick in there. And I think he's just good enough to not mess up. And I think he's just good enough to get him some runs in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think he's a Super Bowl uh, winning quarterback. You know, obviously, you could have picked that they won won one of them uh, (laughs) this year to the Chiefs. But, um, He's just not a guy that just blows me away. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big eye test guy. I like to see what he can do. And he just doesn't look like he can do much compared to some of these other franchise quarterbacks. You know, like if it's two minute drive, you say he's a top eight quarterback and you, you look at some other guys that should be around that range, like a Dak Prescott type, like give me Dak Prescott over Jimmy G. Ooh. Yeah, oh, I, I honestly agree. Like he's just not a guy that is um, going to like really push the limits of your offense. I mean, like we already said, George Kittle is kind of the guy that does that for them. And then Jimmy G kind of just like goes on for the ride, which is ironic considering he's the quarterback position. Yeah. Um, honestly, I kind of side with Dylan in this argument here. While I don't think that Jimmy G is very bad at all, I think Jimmy G is, like Jed said, he's one of the most overhated players in the league. A lot of people would like to hate on him, but I think that's just a just the way that the 49ers offense is. You can't really – uh, attribute that to Jimmy G being a bad quarterback, but I don't think he's a franchise quarterback for the 49ers just because I don't think that their winning can be attributed to his performances. I think it's I, more of a, a beautifully worded statement right there. <laughs> thank you. It's more of a function of the Niners defense and the run game working in tandem uh-huh. to kind of push them to the Super Bowl like we saw last year. Honestly, if you take away like the Niners run game, I doubt that they'd even crack. Yeah, like, I, I want to see what Jimmy, Jimmy G, G not, does when the Niners have to throw 35 times a game. Jimmy G is not the guy that you want to have put the team on your back. Like he threw exactly. like what, like six passes in that Packers game. That was, that yeah. was ridiculous. No, no one can seem to forget about that. But yep. everyone is forgetting about he, how he took over when he needed to in this past season. Like, like with the Seahawks when he choked. What okay. about the Saints game where he threw over Saints 50 exactly. That was all George Kittle getting yards after the catch. That was no, no, he, he played. played well that game. He had four touchdowns that. in that game, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he, he knows how to take over when he needs to, mm-hmm. and he knows when to take a back seat when he needs to. I think that's He totally takes fun. a back seat most of the time, though. That's his <laughs> problem. I agree. Yeah, so I'm uh... – Another, speaking of the Seahawks, you know, that race came down to the wire last year. Um, Niners mm-hmm. Seahawks, who's winning the division, who's playing the wild card. Mm-hmm. Um, two of the best teams in the NFC. It's a shame that they're in the same division because, you know, wild card versus one seed's a big difference. Uh, so who do you think is going to get the uh, NFC title this year, um, the Seahawks or the Niners? I think it's honestly 50-50. Mm-hmm. As we've learned, when these teams go at it, it's always like – it's always a shootout. It always comes down to the last play, regardless <laughs> of the record. I, I think it's – both the teams are – I think it – yeah, it's going to come down to a game of inches like it did last year. Um, yeah. Honestly, it's 50-50. Both, both are very talented teams. Um, mm-hmm. But 
with that being said, I think the Niners will definitely have a, a deeper playoff run, but we'll get into that later. Okay. Uh, I've already stated that the Seahawks will be the team to beat in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Niners are obviously still making the playoffs comfortably. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's going to suck for them because whoever's second in this division, as Dylan stated, will be the five seed. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that is a huge uh, gap. And I just I just don't think the Niners are the best team in the division anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with Jad here. Um, you know, as much as the Niners want to make it not a quarterback's league, at the end of the day, it's a quarterback's <laughs> league. Yep. And uh, Russell Wilson, I'm just obviously taking him over Jimmy Garoppolo. I think mm-hmm. it was probably like – I was probably like 60-40 Seahawks. Then they land Jamal Adams. You know, I really like what Jamal Adams brings to the table with his versatility mm-hmm. on defense. Mm-hmm. He's going to be able to stop some third-down runs on the Niners, limit George Kittle a bit. So I think that gives them a bit more of a comfortable edge. That's why I'm taking Seahawks every night. I'm going to be completely honest here. As a Seahawks fan, uh, I kind of – I am not as hyped as everyone is – as everyone else is for the season. I'm honestly more cautious. Uh, we did mm-hmm. give up some <clears> – <throat> excuse me. We did give up some key defensive pieces this offseason. Uh, and I, I like uh, Ziggy, Ziggy Ansa, I think, left our team. Then we're losing Clowney, uh-huh. too. We are adding Jamal Adams. That is a great addition. But we're, I'm not sure how he's going to uh, overcompensate for the loss of the other players that have left us. But overall, I think that the Niners are a much more deep team than the Seahawks. Uh, I don't think I think the Seahawks maybe like more standout players. Uh, you can make a case for that, and I think that the Seahawks are a very uh, high risk, high reward team. You can either boom or bust very easily. Uh, with Pete Carroll at the helm, usually it's more bust, or usually it's more boom than bust. But we'll uh-huh. just have to see. It's all down to like injuries, stuff like that. There's so many things that can come into play here. As of right now, if we're talking about Seahawks playing at their best, Niners playing at their best. I can see the Seahawks taking the division this year. Yeah, so um, recently on social media, the uh, voted by the players top 100 list has come out. Mm-hmm. And the Niners landed a bunch of guys, you know, obviously Kittle, uh, Sherman, um, Jimmy G. Uh, what do you guys think about the uh, Niners' accuracy of the list? I'm very pleased with it. I'm, I was pleasantly <laughs> surprised to see that uh, Jimmy G got some good recognition at number 43 i believe mm-hmm. uh-huh. placed him at like eighth best quarterback which i think is pretty accurate but um mm-hmm. yeah i don't have too many complaints yeah mm-hmm. guys like I... fred warner making it the first time and yeah. i think eric armstead could have slipped in but mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't i don't have too many complaints yeah uh so i mean i'm gonna i there's about six niners that made it i'm gonna list them off mm-hmm. so fred warner at 70 i think that's good he's a good linebacker Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy G at 43, that's a little too high in my opinion. I mean, I'm glad mm-hmm. that he got some recognition, but he's not the 43rd best player in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sherman at 28, I agree. Um, Bosa at 17, also a little too high in my opinion, but he could be a really good player next year. Mm-hmm. And Kittle at 7, well-deserved, best tight end mm-hmm. in the league. Just another reminder to pay him. Yeah, so I'm going to take a bit of a flip side here. Uh, Kittle, I, I, I agree with uh, 100%. Uh, Bosa, I would put him in the 20s. Um, mm-hmm. Jimmy G, uh, 43rd best player. Are you actually kidding me? Like, under <laughs> what circumstance is Jimmy G the 43rd best player? Um, he's basically, in terms of impact on the roster, on what he brings to the table, on how much he is responsible for their teams winning, 
it's just nowhere near what these other guys are. He's um probably bottom eighty, maybe not even on my list. If I laid it out, we're gonna have to see. Oh come on! And then now I bring in. Uh, I don't know Richard about Sherman, that. One of my most hated players, Richard Sherman. Is the definition of a zone corner. He can't guard any of these guys man to man anymore. He's the biggest system cornerback. He plays hook zones on cover three. That's literally all he can do nowadays. Sure, he's great in his cover three, but the twenty eighth best player is like is like ninety seven overalls in Madden. Ninety five overalls in Madden. Like, he's not the twenty eighth best player. He's not even like a top five corner. I don't know if he is a top five corner on the list or not. But he's he should not be twenty eight. Um everything else is pretty good, but uh, big problems with Jimmy G and Richard Sherman for me. Uh, now, I think that the Niners were one of the teams that had a kind of a favorable placing on the list. The only two that I really have a issue with are uh, Jimmy G being a bit too high. I don't think that he should be like 80s, like Dylan said, or out of the list. I think maybe 50s is good. I don't think he's in that 40 range. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad to see that he got some net recognition. And Richard Sherman at 28, I, I don't think so. Not at, not at yep. the current level yep. that he's playing. I think he's a little bit too old, and I don't know if he's going to be able to uh, keep that consistency. Like people are saying, he's a zone corner, he's a zone corner. Sure, yep. he does play well as a zone corner, but he's kind of I don't even think – I don't think he could guard a WR2 straight up in man-to-man with no, no help or anything. I don't think he could do it anymore. Well, maybe not anymore, but uh, yeah. But those were my only two issues. But the 49ers ranked pretty well on this list. So you guys are very quick to judge Richard Sherman based on you know he plays in a good system. Mm-hmm. He's his own corner. Would you apply that same criticism to a guy like Mike Thomas who only does slants? Yes, I think we I, have. I, we I have. actually do. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So um, uh, next up, guard Mike. Uh, my last segment for um, uh, our uh, time with Aiden here. Uh, the Niners, you know, hopefully we have a football season. They're one of the Super Bowl favorites. Where do you see the Niners uh, landing in this year's playoff run? I think they're absolutely poised for another deep playoff run. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I know it's cliche, but I think defense wins championships. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I think there are so many question marks within the mm-hmm. NFC, like, mm-hmm. amongst other projected playoff teams, like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, like, based on their playoff record, like, for example, mm-hmm. Seahawks almost lost, like, last year, Seahawks almost lost to the Eagles in the wild card, mm-hmm. who, who went 9-7 and seven in one of the worst divisions in recent football history. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, lost, they lost to the Green Bay Packers, a sorry excuse of a number two seed, who yeah. the 49ers dusted twice, mm-hmm. okay? And what's stopping the Saints from from losing to the Vikings again. Every, everyone's like <laughs> anointing them as the favorites in the NFC. Yeah. And Tampa Bay, they've definitely got some interesting stuff to them, you know, Tom Brady, but they're still unproven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas, a lot of people are hyping them up. They went 8-8, eight and, eight and won, again, one of the worst divisions in recent NFL history, and, mm-hmm. yeah, people are hopping on their train. I think the Niners, I think there's no doubt that they're a stable situation. Mm-hmm. You know – that I, I think there are a lot of question marks. I don't think the Niners necessarily have them. I think I think they're getting to the NFC Championship at the very least, but I could absolutely see them getting to the Super Bowl and winning it. For sure. Uh, so, I mean, I don't see the Niners being as good as they were last year, and that's not even an insult because it's going to be very hard for them to be the one seed. And if they're the five seed, 
Like, that's that's very tough to make a Super Bowl. You don't have – well, I mean, I guess there's no fans, but it's still the matchups <laughs> are going to be tougher than they were last year. And mm-hmm. I feel like teams are going to figure them out just a little bit more. And, mm-hmm. I mean, to the point where they won't be able to make a deep playoff run, I could see them going to the divisional and maybe pulling it out to the NFC Championship. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see them going back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, so uh, I agree with Jad here, except I'm going to be a bit more harsh. Uh, there's a few teams <laughs> in the uh, NFC that I like uh, more than the Niners. Um, I'm a, I'm a believer in Tampa Bay. Um, Tom Brady's a guy that I'm never going to bet against. Um, mm-hmm. especially on offense, he has two elite wide receivers, um, mm-hmm. a good slot corner, a coach that finally believes him, you know, going to let Tom have some freedom. Um, <laughs> and I, I think, I think, um, he matches up very well against the Niners defense. You know, the Niners like to get after the quarterback, Tom Brady. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, you can bully him all you want, but he's known for getting the ball out quick, whether that's a five yard out or your little mm-hmm. check down to James White. You know, he gets the ball out quick. Um, <laughs> the Saints, if they can get their act together, like Aiden said, um, mm-hmm. they really should have honestly beat the Niners that one game. They just gave up this ridiculous catch to George Kittle. Um, mm-hmm. Michael Thomas uh, versus Richard Sherman, I think I know who I like in that matchup. Uh, mm-hmm. The Saints' defense is also very underrated. They've got lots of young corners. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is a great guy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, another thing, too, I think the Vikings – uh, are kind of a like a deep threat. Um, Dalvin Cook versus the entire Niners roster is not something that I like. I think um, if they still had Stefan Diggs with mm-hmm. Adam Thielen and Diggs, uh, I really think they could have caused some problems, but not as much this year. Mm-hmm. But the Niners are just so run-based, and I've never seen a run-based team perform this well back-to-back years not having a superstar running back. Like They do running back by committee, <laughs> and they run a lot, and I've never really seen that work for a long period of time, so I don't see him winning. I don't see him making the NFC Championship, especially uh, considering that they'll be the five seed once the Seahawks get the one seed. So. I'm taking a more optimistic approach, uh, agreeing a little bit with Aiden here. I think that the Niners can absolutely make it to the NFC Championship. I see them making it to the Divisionals at the very least. Uh, at most, I see them making the Super Bowl. I'm sorry, I don't think that they're going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, but everyone's talking about how the Niners are going to regress, acting like the Niners are going to go from their amazing season last year to now barely making it into the playoffs. I, I just disagree completely. The Niners do have a system that works, and everyone's saying that the NFL teams are going to figure out that system. But I like to draw another parallel to another California sports team, the Golden State Warriors, where everyone seemed to figure out their system too, but they still won three straight champions yeah, once championships they in a row. KD. Yeah, but they still had a system that everyone apparently that could LeBron out. James and Kyrie Irving beat, and then they had to go once, sign Kevin Durant. They still three peated, Dylan. I'm just trying to make a parallel you here. Know, Kyrie, Katie went down. Or Kyrie we are not talking about basketball. I was just okay, making okay, an okay. analogy. Just making okay, an analogy. Great analogy but another system that people have said that they've all figured out that it's very easy to read. They're just playing with the three ball. If you just guard them out there, then they can't score inside. They don't have any good centers or anything. But then let's take it back to the Niners. Last year, the run game was unstoppable. We saw very few teams stop that very powerful offensive line. True, they did lose, uh, I think, like, uh, they did lose a couple of the offensive line, but I don't think there were so many. Just Joe uh, Staley. Joe Staley, yeah. I, I don't think that it was a massive blow, just given the overall strength. One of the best offensive lines in the league. I think what they do need to do, someone needs to step up and fill that running back role. I mean, we saw the 
kind of a tandem of Mostert, uh, Coleman, and uh, Brita last year. But then we're not too sure how that's going to hold up this year. I mean, last year, like, Brita getting injured. Uh, Mostert's out of there. T- I mean, Coleman's out of there, too. So we're just kind of unsure on how the Niners are going to fare. I think if they do get a solid running back, their running system can work. And I think that their offense is the big if in the scenario. Their defense is solid. I can definitely see them making the NFC Championship. And I don't think there are as many teams that are as, uh, like Aiden said, structurally sound like the 49ers. The 49ers have not – they don't have a lot of volatility. They're either going to do really well or they're not going to do as well, but they're still going to do pretty good. There's another – like the Seahawks, for example, they either do really good or they kind of – they hit the brakes and they go like – they go like nine and seven. Like we, we don't want that to happen. Right. But with the 49ers, there's, there's very low risk for them. And I can see them definitely making another Super Bowl appearance. Agreed, Drew. Yeah. yeah. If I may I, chime in. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Like the Seahawks, obviously, obviously, you know, when you got superstar players like Jamal Adams and, you know, Russell Wilson and mm-hmm. a, a great, like a wide receiver tandem, like they have, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Like you said, high risk, high reward. You put it very well. Like mm-hmm. they, they do have, I'd say they definitely have more holes in their team. For sure, Niners. for sure. But the 49ers, I think, yeah, across the board, they're pretty sound. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it unfolds. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, hopefully we get an NFL season. Um, you know, Jimmy G is the top eight quarterback, so I expect someone to uh, draft him in our eight-man fantasy league uh, at the quarterback position. But uh, Aiden, thank you for joining us, and uh, maybe we'll see you again on another episode. All right. Yeah, thank you very much. All right. Thank you. See you, guys. See you. Bye. All right, so our final segment of this episode, as always, going to be love it, hate it. Uh, Jad, what do you got for us today? Uh, I hate that online school is finally coming back. <laughs> the five-month coronation is coming to an end. I mean, it lasted long. Mm-hmm. There were some dark moments. There were some happy moments, you know. Uh, I hope everyone stayed safe during it. But I feel like this is just going to be stressful, this, this mm-hmm. online classes, SJUSD, you know. Never known for being the most efficient uh, <laughs> districts by any means, but I mean, you know, it's just it starts tomorrow, and uh, right. I have to wake up early. The yeah. earliest I've woken up this coronation is 10 a.m. So it's okay. yeah, I'm, like, I'm a normally pretty early riser, but I uh, fortunately do not have a first period. I would have preferred no six, but you know, they gave me no first. I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I got to decide with you here, Jed. I, I don't think that the first day is going to go well at all. I mean, they're already bracing for glitches and stuff. Funny story, actually. I got a Chromebook from school just because I thought, just because I was trying to use uh, one of the San Jose Unified applications on my normal computer, and it said something about how the browser didn't run it. Uh, mm-hmm. Then uh, later on, I updated it, and it works fine now. But then I, I kind of went into a panic mode. I was like, shoot, my computer's not going to be able to work. So I went to school, and I got the Chromebook. They gave me one of the old Chromebooks from last year that was in a classroom and i know it was in a classroom because it had the the sharpie number on it and it had clearly (laughs) been used before even though they're supposed to be sanitary i turned it on it was super slow and buggy and then i tried just powering it off and powering it back on and now my computer doesn't work just indicative of how efficient san jose unified school yeah another thing too um if you want to take this a bit more statewide i saw Mm -hmm. a news article that said south san francisco school district is uh, yeah. delaying their start of school because they couldn't figure out how to get all of it together to start. Yeah. I don't think yeah. that'll happen, but I could definitely see, see you know, some big technical glitches. Yeah, I, I love it, hate it today. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. 
Um, it's going to be a hate it. Um, our fantasy football draft is coming up. And the first and second round dilemmas are absolutely big this year. I mean, once you get past the first pick, um, the second pick, third pick, fourth pick, there's so many different running back options. Or you could take, you know, can't guard Mike, you know, PPR league. He's a viable guy. And then in the second round, you know, you got these second tier guys, Kenyon, Jake, Nick Chubb. There's just lots of options this year. I'm normally good with my first round pick, but I have consistently whiffed the second round pick in the past three years. So I feel there's just high risk, high rewards all over the place. Fantasy football draft, it's going to be crazy, man. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Dylan. I mean, I'm just horrible at drafting year in and year out. Last year, picked uh, Andrew Luck and Melvin Gordon. Andrew Luck decides to retire. Melvin Gordon decides to have one of the most unsuccessful holdouts of all time. My team was... It performed better than I thought it would, but I just made some really bad decisions that ended up bogging my team. Oh, yeah, I traded Jad for Antonio Brown and other <laughs> decisions. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of scary imagining, hey, I, I just drafted Lamar Jackson. Then you check your phone. Oh, man, Lamar Jackson just got coronavirus. He's not going to be able to play. It's yeah, just the scary thing. So scary. Just the uh, just the unknown factor. You're gonna you're gonna have to trust the athletes to stay healthy. I mean, I already know I'm not gonna be picking Dak Prescott again. Too many parties. Uh, <laughs> might have to pick a good receiver like Michael Thomas. Uh, he can catch a lot of balls, but let's hope he doesn't catch Corona. Uh, now, for my love it or hate it today, I have a love it. Uh, it's one of the. One of the uh, most recent movies that I just actually rewatched with a couple of my friends, social distancing, of course, but uh, that is Hereditary, literally the scariest movie I've ever seen. Such a good movie, too. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, featuring performances from uh, Tony Collette and uh, a couple of other unknown actors, but uh, all of them perform really well. Tony Collette should have definitely won an Oscar for her role in it. it. It's easily one of the best performances I've seen. And it's one of the scariest movies I've seen. Definitely the scariest, like I said. Just everything about it is so scary. Uh, my my buddy Victor, he was having like a panic attack the entire time. He didn't even sleep. Uh, my other buddy Alex, he said he was in the shed and he he just locked the shed and he went to bed at six thirty a.m. So it's, it was nice ruining all my friends' sleep schedules, but uh, unfortunately, we're gonna have to go back to school now. Yeah, so that's pretty much going to wrap up our fan special. Uh, thanks for listening. If you are interested in uh, appearing on our show, you know, we're always looking, you know, to have fans on. Might throw in another fan special. But that's pretty much going to wrap our next epi- our episode up, and we'll see you guys next time. See you right, guys. See ya.